Uncaged. Uncaged. A show celebrating thought leadership from today's top business leaders. The program provides a voice to amazing executives from around the globe who are shaping the world of business today and mapping the path to the world of commerce tomorrow. And now, please welcome our host, Bant Breen, as we begin another Uncaged episode. Today, we are speaking with Roger Willison-Gray. How are you doing, Roger? I'm, I'm good, thanks. Uh, great to be here. It's great to have you on the show, Roger. Roger is the CTO at the RHF Group. Um, the RHF Group is a, is, a, is a group that focuses on business growth and offers its expertise in helping companies gain funding. They focus on assisting clients with the important aspects of their growth and development process. And they support those clients across extensive range of sectors, all with a significant track record of success. And Roger, I'm sure, will tell us more about that. But before we get into the latest with the RHF group, tell us a little bit about yourself and your career to date. Okay, thanks, um, Ben. I, I've spent most of my career in corporate IT, um, although I have been self-employed. I've worked as a freelance contractor and also as an interim manager. So um, experience of uh, both large corporates and also smaller businesses. And along the way, um, I worked for IBM, uh, Logica, uh, Computer Science Corp, um, and, uh, and a variety of other sort of uh, uh, managed services and IT software and services organizations. That's great. So tell me a little bit more about uh, what RHF is up to these days. So um, RHF Group's been in existence for about 10 years. Um, and over that time, we've raised about um, $100 million uh, for clients. Uh, we specialize in uh, raising venture funding, not necessarily through venture capital organizations. So we work with sovereign wealth funds, we work with some individual investors, but really trying to find companies that, that, that may turn out to be unicorns. We, 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 we don't have any that we've achieved directly, but we remain hopeful. Um, uh, my role within the organization is to evaluate the technology. So, you know, if somebody brings us, uh, for example, got a, a client that has an IoT security product, um, that's a little bit niche. So, you know, you kind of want to know what the potential for that is. The investors want to be confident that there, there is a market and that it addresses the needs of the market. So that's kind of my, my day job. Um, but I get involved in other stuff as well. Yeah. And I mean, I can clearly see that, um, that your, your background in uh, kind of technical solutions for businesses comes in handy as you're evaluating how these new businesses will enter various markets, et cetera. And I, I can see you know, the, the critical nature of what the RHF group does for any kind of size of company, whether it be early stage all the way through to even a later stage you know, growth business. Um, but uh, what's the sweet spot for you in the market and, and what's kind of the, the key gap that you, you guys are filling? Um, I think the, the sweet spot that we target is companies in the kind of 20 million to 50 million turnover. Um, 
that there's a couple of stages of growth that are painful. Um, uh, and, and that very often occurs around about 100 staff or around sort of 20 million turnover. You, uh, my CEO uses the phrase, you know, uh, you're dealing with grown up businesses at that point. Um, but businesses don't always evolve into uh, the structure that perhaps they need. And um, raising, raising finance is a part of that. But you've also got to be able to operate effectively. Um, and you've got to have the right tools and technology to be able to manage the growth. So that's really what we're looking for. Companies which have, you know, moved in in beyond that point and have have, have got over that growth hurdle. We we, uh, we do deal with some, but that's not really what we're about. That's you know the the realm of some of the bigger management consultancies. We do a little bit with startups, but only if it's something that's exceptionally interesting. We're not a uh, you know, we're not a sort of coach or mentoring organization. We, we, we're, we're about operational effectiveness. Yeah, I completely understand. And um, I, I can, it's fascinating to, as an individual who has now grown a business from being uh, everything from a PowerPoint document all the way through to, to a global company, the, the challenges that you meet at different stages of that business especially in the, the IT area, are immense. And um, it really can have quite a, quite a profound impact on a business, uh, for sure. But let me change gears a little bit and talk about the last really year and a half where we've been living in this odd, odd way because of this pandemic. And I'd just be curious to hear how you've navigated that period and whether that's presented significant challenges for the business or opportunities and how you guys are proceeding forward with that. Um, I think it's fair to say that the pandemic has brought us uh, increased success. Um, a lot of uh, opportunity. Suddenly everybody had to work from home. Um, the challenges that business face are, are immense. It's not, you know, you know, give somebody a Zoom connection and a mobile phone doesn't fix the uh, fix the operational aspects of the business. And um, so, I had a major client that I worked with up until just finished uh, in July on a on a large digital transformation for a a very innovative software company seeking to grow. It's interesting an old an old saying: you don't know what you don't know, and and they. They really were the epitome of that. The bunch of guys who'd founded a business, run it for 17 years. Every time they hit a hurdle, they found a solution to it. The only problem was they, they kind of invented the solutions. So, you know, uh, the fact that somebody else had done that 200 times before didn't seem to cross their mind. And uh, they, they, they got tied up. And, and so I spent a year unraveling that. Um, and I'm pleased to say that they're they're really on their way now. They the ISO nine thousand. We rolled out service now across the organisation, and uh, you know they're they're firing on all cylinders. So I'm so very pleased with that. And then we've introduced some new services along the way. We have just partnered with um, Acronis, uh, who have, have launched a new AI uh, cyber protect managed service. And we're rolling that out across our network at the moment. Um, the the shift, interestingly, why would a why would an investment company be interested in cybersecurity? You may ask. Um, uh, but it's really interesting. 
there's a trend with ransomware criminals now to target people who've been raising money um, because obviously you raise 10 million, it's in a bank. And uh, so they, they figure they'll have half of that um, and or more. And so we are seeing a need for SMBs to be much, much more cautious about uh, particularly ransomware. Um, so that's become a kind of core part of our activity in, to the extent that in due diligence now, uh, we, we would insist that they had rigorous cybersecurity before we would do the raise for the, for the capital. That's interesting. That's the first time I've heard of it in this context. Um, but in general, I would say that uh, the, the need for more security seems to be almost like an endless, endless need. <laughs> they were only going to need to continue to reinvent that as, as things get more and more complex. So, Roger, as you look forward over the next uh, year, two years, you know, what, what are the key things that you're seeing on the horizon that uh, are interesting for your group? I think in the, the, the UK market, uh, we, we have offices uh, in Shanghai and Perth in Australia as, as well, and, and we have a network that covers most countries. But we, uh, we are um, uh, probably predominantly uh, focused on, on the UK market in terms of the, the, the percentage of, of customers that we have. Um, we're seeing a change in, in the mindset of business owners. Uh, they're probably a little bit behind the curve. I think they... The U.S. has had this for uh, probably uh, quite a long time now, but there is much more of an understanding that businesses need to be run as professional organizations. Um, and that's increasing the demand for knowledge and, and, and expertise. So we probably the, the big thing for us, we're going to introduce uh, some regional franchises um, to it's very important to be able to provide focus locally as uh, particularly if you're a large global organization, uh, what what suits in Shanghai certainly doesn't work in Perth and vice versa. You know, so, um, uh, so that's really a change. Um, we see an increase in 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 the the online world, just like everybody else. The uh, there isn't any, in my view, there isn't any going back to the the pre-pandemic world. Um, uh, there's businesses will evolve and change people you know people need interaction with other humans so you know there will be a need to meet and to, and, and you know once we get over covid um but i i don't see us going back to the way we used to work and for a um you know an old ibm uh, like me uh ibm uh stopped giving people desks in 1980 um so to me being on the move and just just using what you need where you need it is kind of normal, but I think we're seeing the whole the whole world move in that shape now. Whereas yeah, no, it's a, it's a really good point. I thought a lot about IBM because I I actually remember working with IBM as my as one of my big clients um, in the in the late nineties, and in the late nineties they they basically had regional hubs that you could kind of plug into and out of if you wanted yeah. and but you you certainly could work at home and there there must be a ton of learnings that we have from from the last 30 40 years from IBM's experience here 
Um, and and I, it, it's funny how it's funny how we're reinventing the wheel a bit. I suppose you know, as as people are like, oh, I don't know, how is this going to work? I say, well, <laughs> well, let's look at IBM. <laughs> you know, so. I guess I guess the the wheel goes around. I mean, in my early days and early part of my career. Everything was mainframes, mm. and then somebody said, "Hey, you know, we can we can connect a terminal to the computer in a different location." And it was like, "Wow!" Um, and then a the PC came, and that was the end of them. You know, mainframes were dead; that was never going to happen again. The, the world's moved on, and then they invented the internet. And hey, cloud computing—it's kind of like kind of like having a mainframe with a terminal connected to it all over again. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Well, Roger, thank you so much for being on Uncaged today. We've been speaking with Roger Willison Gray. He's a CTO at the RHF Group. The RHF Group works with businesses around the globe on their growth and funding uh, plans and strategies and supports those those efforts uh, across many different business verticals. And Roger's been talking to us about RHF's uh, current practices as well as their plans for the future. Looks like uh, looks like there'll be big steps on the global stage for these guys, uh, which is exciting to hear. Um, if someone wanted to reach you, Roger, where should they find you? Um, the, the, the easiest place would be um, either my LinkedIn profile, which has all my contact details on, um, and of course the RHF Group website, which is rhfgroup.com. Wonderful. Well, Roger, thank you so much for being on Uncaged today. And we look forward to talking to you again. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Cheers. Bye.